0: Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Coffee with Jenny B podcast. Coffee with friends is my favorite way of connecting over coffee. I think about the show Friends, where all of them gathered at the Central Perk. They would talk about life events, they would need to vent about perhaps problems that were going on in their lives, or they were celebrating. But sometimes it was just to hang out and have coffee and enjoy that camaraderie and that friendship. And that's what I'm bringing to my episode today is coffee with my friend, Brenda. just want to tell you a little bit about our guest today. Brenda is the owner of Event Strategy Productions. It's a full-service event planning, marketing, and production powerhouse. She's worked with professional sports leagues, athletes, musicians, actors, entertainers, fashion designers, and fundraisers. By trade, Brenda is a live events producer with more than three decades of experience in the industry. From the University of Manitoba, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to the CFL Grey Cup game, and everything in between. Brenda and her team have worked on events ranging from golf tournaments to fundraisers for the Kidney Foundation to international productions such as the 1999 Pan Am Games, the Junos, and the 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup Soccer, where she showcased Winnipeg to the world. I am so thrilled to have Brenda with us today. Welcome, Brenda.
2: Thank you, Jenny. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate that. That was
0: quite the intro. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, of course, I mean, it, it warrants a really good introduction. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. You're welcome. I've actually known Brenda for over seven years. I first met Brenda at Monster Jam, where I was volunteering. I remember seeing this tiny dynamo Whirling around all these big trucks and calmly organizing all the chaos. So I am asking now a couple of questions for you, Brenda. And so I'm dying to hear your answers as I'm sure everyone else is as well. So first of all, when did you discover your love of coffee? Definitely my first year of university. So.
2: I've been, I made coffee not so well for my dad for many, many years. My dad was a very big coffee drinker. But this was back in the day before Starbucks was on every neighborhood corner and before there was Tim Hortons. So it was the old Maxwell House instant coffee that I made for him every day. And it was the same recipe. It was two scoops of the coffee and a scoop of sugar and a dash of milk. And sometimes I'd get a bang on. And other times he's like, well, Bren, maybe try that one again. <laughs> so I made my father millions of cups of coffee as I was growing up. But my love for coffee was definitely first year university. And when we were cramming for exams and some of my friends turned to the jolt cola, remember that jolt cola oh, yeah. back in oh, the day? Oh my goodness. Yes. I just, I couldn't drink it. It was too sweet for me. It was too much. So I turned to coffee and my go-to was straight up coffee, a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar. And then now I drink straight black coffee and I quite enjoy a really well brewed cup of coffee.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I I remember with my dad, it was Sanka. Do you remember Sanka? (laughs) Yes, yes. And because, you know, growing up, we didn't have brewed coffee. We didn't have coffee makers. We had a kettle and instant coffee. Yes. And uh, I remember when I'd go visit my dad, he would make me Sanka and and it was like, the worst thing in the world to drink. but of course you know I would say thanks dad and you know sip it and <laughs> pretend I I thought it was the best cup of coffee in the world so
2: <laughs> oh and same I'd visit my grandmother and she loved the coffee whitener that carnation um, oh yes, coffee whitener so it was always my dad's same recipe but with the coffee whitener and I just thought oh I think this stuff is just pretend milk. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But yes, I have memories of making coffee for my dad and my grandma for many, many years.
0: Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So now speaking of your business, did coffee play a big part in your business as an entrepreneur and and a producer?
2: Absolutely. So there's one thing that is fact is that you must have coffee behind the scenes for every event <laughs> coffee has to be readily available for in-craft services it has to be hot and just make sure that in the green rooms you know what kind of coffee if the stars are rolling in or whatever that you know what how they take their coffee it's important so for myself as an entrepreneur i've always worked from home and local coffee shops became my meeting place you know, I didn't have that overhead of an office. And so I loved being able to seek out coffee shops mm-hmm. in the area or mid midway of whoever it was that I was meeting. And we would go and share a cup of java and just have great conversation and continue the planning for the events. But mm-hmm. So over the years, my office has been many, 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 many coffee <laughs> shops and I would just scoot around the city and you know, have my meetings there. And it worked out really great. I loved it.
0: That's wonderful. You know, when you think about meetings, I mean, people automatically have coffee available. And, and so it's, it's wonderful that you got to know the city through your business meetings uh, at coffee shops
2: absolutely absolutely and i have a couple of favorites but yes, absolutely. yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah yeah me too and and uh, i've actually had meetings at coffee shops as well but uh, certainly not to the extent that that you've had that experience so yeah it's wonderful i've been called an energizer bunny but you were like five energizer bunnies where do you get your energy it's the coffee jenny the coffee. <laughs> you know i've always rev did a
2: really high pace, you know, now I'm getting much better, but I never used to get a lot of sleep at night. I was that night owl. Yet I was that early bird where I would get up early and go for a run with the dog before I started my day. And I think just having that consistent exercise in my life really just popped up that energy level so that I could have that go through the day. But, you know, I didn't plan small events my events are quite large and with that comes a large group of volunteers a large team and you need to have that energy run for 20 hours sometimes where you're sharp and you're on the ball and you can execute and delegate and yeah I think I've just been very very lucky to have had that capacity Mm -hmm. but I can tell you as I get older it affects you differently yeah, but I think that's when you have an extra strong, maybe a little shot of espresso. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely a little
2: shot of caffeine for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, or a shot of espresso in your coffee for Absolutely. that extra yeah, added caffeine for sure. Yeah, you know what? I can relate to that as well because I remember the last big event I organized. I remember uh, running on coffee and fumes, <laughs> so that
2: it's It kept me going. Will you ensure that the stars or the we always have food and coffee and water for them, but you're always so busy that you never get a chance to scoot and grab it for yourself. Right. So then you start fading and then maybe you start drinking a little bit more coffee. Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely. Yeah, definitely coffee was behind every movie set behind all of the backstages and green rooms and all of the events that I took care of. Coffee is key, probably more key than food. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, to be honest, like it would be the biggest
0: request. Yeah. You know what? I think coffee should be one of the food groups um, because it is a coffee (laughs) bean, right? (laughs) Just my thought. (laughs) Absolutely. 2020 was a tough year for most of us because of the pandemic. So I want to ask you a question that is a bit of a, well, it's definitely not coffee related and it's a bit of a tougher question, but I don't think that an interview with you is complete without you sharing your story. So here's my question to you. 2020 was a tough year for most of us because of the pandemic, but it was an even tougher year for you. Can you share your story of what happened last August?
2: Yes, you know, it's coming up on a year and it is kind of surreal, but it was August 1st, it was the August long weekend, and The Jets had just finished playing a playoff game against Calgary. It was really close to midnight. And I just thought I would take the dog out, let her do her business just before bed. My husband had already retired to bed. And we walked maybe half a block down the boulevard. We were on our way home. And I was literally 10 feet away from the front yard, my front yard. And a rabbit scooted past us. Now my dog reacted and I ended up tripping and falling to my knees and hitting my face on the ground. And I thought that I had broken my jaw or lost some teeth. Oh yeah. And so I was on my knees and I was holding my face and then my dog lunged forward. And in River Heights, there are so many of these huge trees. There's always squirrels, and there's always rabbits around. So mm-hmm. What I had done is I had wrapped the dog's leash closer around my wrist so that she was closer to me so she wouldn't jar my arm every time she kind of saw these little mammals running around on the ground. Well, that ended up being the TSN turning point for Brenda because (laughs) I was now on my knees. She lunged forward. And unfortunately for me, I was about half a foot away from my neighbor's tree and I hit it with such a, a blunt impact that it rocked me backwards. And I could feel my head. It was like an accordion. I could just feel my head throbbing. Oh, no. And I couldn't see out of this eye. And I just thought, what What? What just happened? Like I was kind of stunned. Mm-hmm. And I am a type two diabetic. And I knew that I was going into shock. Like there was actually a realization because I was just kind of my dog kept nudging me and I was kind of in and out of it. But my blood sugar skyrocketed. And I just felt that, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. There was that cognitive thought of, I need to get to safety. My daughter was out at a socially distanced bonfire that night. And I knew that she'd be home within the hour. And I just thought to myself, there is no way because there's a survival instinct, mm-hmm. but there's also a mother's instinct. And there was no way that I was going to have my daughter walk upon a scene where her mother is covered in blood attached to a dog by a leash on my neighbor's front lawn. Like that, that wasn't happening. Yeah. So I looked around and all my neighbor's lights were on because they were, I'm sure, watching the postgame show. Mm-hmm. And they were so close yet so far. Yeah. I could not get there physically. I, I could not move my legs. I was completely numb. Honestly, Jenny, I think that the 30 plus years of being an event producer and coordinating chaos that is swirling around you as the event producer, you have to go to a place that's very calm. And I went to that place that's very calm. And I'm like, Brenda, you need to figure this out. And thank goodness that my dog isn't a little Chihuahua. (laughs) She's (laughs) about 55, 60 pounds. And I wrapped my hand around her collar and kind of tucked her underneath my arm. And I just said, let's go home, go see daddy. We call my husband daddy to the dog. (laughs) Let's go see daddy. (laughs) Go take me to daddy. Take me to daddy. And she understood. Mm -hmm. They're so intuitive and she dragged me across my neighbor's lawn across our lawn up the stairs and barked until my husband woke up and my husband comes to the door <laughs> looks like a crime scene i'm covered in blood the dog's covered in blood the stuff's covered in blood he's like what is going on and then what came after was a 23 hour back and forth four trips to two different hospitals one I had to go get the cat scan, then come back to the misericordia then they did the surgery, and then they had to send me to St. B to deal with the diabetes
0: ketoacidosis.
2: And you can't have your family with you no. during a pandemic.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
2: You're kind of out of it and you're trying to process. And it was really hard and it was it was an emotional journey. And then I came back home and... I had an amazing family around me and the support of our community. And then I kind of came back online and went on this journey to share with people what it's like to get a prosthetic eye and Mm. what it's like (laughs) to find a patch and be an accidental pirate and all these (laughs) things. But I've just always tried to live my life in a positive way. Mm. And I just really feel that no broken eyeball is going to slow me down. And I'm just going to relearn some things, relearn depth perception, relearn peripheral vision, relearn how to pour my coffee without spilling it, missing the <laughs> cup. these <laughs> things happen. And so the last year, I've just kept practicing things that are really hard for me mm-hmm. so that I can strengthen this eye and learn how to live with my new reality. Oh my and goodness. so, yeah, I'm feeling a year later, like, I'm feeling that I've got a pretty good handle on my new reality oh. and that I always see the future is bright. Anyway, yeah. I really do. Have you ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the sound off podcast network had a hand in making this show, whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show. We are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network, or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you know what? You were one of the most positive people I know. And, <laughs> and, and even before what happened last August, you've always been very positive, you know, as I say, very energetic, but just always looking on the positive side of things, always being very inspiring and and you've always inspired me with everything that you've been able to do, which is amazing. I think back though, you mentioned about going to that calm place and I'm sure that's probably what saved your life.
2: I believe so. I believe so. And the, because panic can set in Mm -hmm. and you know, what's amazing. I didn't realize that you could understand that you were going into shock. But I've also got a kinesiology degree. I've also got my first aid. I've, I've dealt with situations like that. I knew that I was not in a safe place. Yeah. Intuitively, I knew. And thank goodness my dog also intuitively knew. Mm-hmm. And I just think that people don't realize how strong they are until they're put in a situation where they have to survive. Yeah,
0: And they naturally. have to be strong.
2: Yeah, They have to be strong. They're forced to be strong. And it was amazing to me that after my injury, a friend had introduced me to a one-eyed support group on Facebook. No way. Yes. Of people that were either injury or cancer or whatever. They were born with one eye, whatever it was. And I got onto that page. And for about three months, I couldn't go onto that page because there were so many people on different parts of their journey. And some people were in a really, really dark place. Yeah. And I was in a really like, okay, today I'm going to try to make banana bread, right? <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I'm going to practice my baking. Like every day I was traveling. I was practicing makeup. I didn't wear makeup for 40 years. I was practicing makeup. I was practicing baking, cooking, sewing, you name it. I was practicing it. I went out running with my dog for a five kilometer run 20 mm-hmm. days after the accident. My husband was in bed. My daughter was asleep. They had no idea. I was like, oh, I'm not waiting. I'm going, I got to get out of the house. <laughs> it made my husband crazy, to be honest. But I was just so determined to, oh, now the fall leaves are out there. What does that look like? It looks different through monocular vision. But when I saw a lot of people really struggling, and it, and it made me very grateful that I live in Canada, and that I got the care that I got, that my prosthetic eye looks amazing because I saw some people from other like poorer countries and their eyes devastating because they would be teased or whatever, because it does not look like a normal eye. So the reason I'm wearing my patch today is my face is still healing. And sometimes my eye weeps, but my ocularist made me a pretty incredible eye. And other than my face is a little bit, you can tell it's a little bit Mm -hmm. pushed in here. I did break the orbital floor and broke my cheekbone, but the color of my eyes is pretty bang on. And yeah. if people didn't know, I don't think that they would know.
0: No, probably not. And it actually, it does look like your other eye. I mean, the color is just amazing. It's, it's like a perfect yeah. match. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I just brought uh, friends of mine on a journey and shared what it was like to get a prosthetic eye. And, and to be honest, as restrictions lifted, what did my friends bring me? Flowers and coffee and they would come over and we would share a coffee and they'd listen to my story and and help me on my journey uh-huh. and yeah it was pretty
0: it was surreal but i feel that i'm in a really good place i'm happy that you're in a better place and and even a even a better place than maybe you were before because now you're doing all kinds of really cool things like baking banana yeah. bread and making
2: yeah. and you my know so <laughs> I'm allergic to the kitchen. I'm the world's worst cook. And here I am trying and practicing. I practice recipes. It's amazing when you are faced with something like that. Your priorities are very quickly, you figure out what your priorities are. Because I'm just very happy to be on this side of the grass. And I'm very grateful.
0: And I just take each day, one day at a time. That's all you can do because you never know what the future has. And so just live in the the moment, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. So I have a question for you. So I have my coffee with Jenny B mug, which has on it. So what is your favorite mug? Okay. I have two. So
2: my nickname growing up Was B because my initials were BB and then it was shortened to B. And so when I played sports, I was Killer B. (laughs) And so this is my favorite mug. It's just a plain, simple B on it with a little black handle. It's a little ceramic mug. I absolutely love it. Queen B. And it was a gift. Yep. My second favorite mug, this is hilarious. It's called Dead Man's Reach. (laughs) Okay. And I was the event manager for the Wintering Partners Conference in Alaska. And my client sent me to Alaska. And this was at the trade show. This was one of the coffee makers. And they came around and I got this. This is before I was a pirate. I have like a pirate. Pirate. It was probably, I I don't know, but it was uh, foreshadowing for sure. (laughs) But it's called Dead Man's Reach it says in here served in bed raises the dead hilarious (laughs) (laughs) hilarious and the coffee is called raven's brew coffee and it's amazing so i quite love this and it says alaska commercial conference and it was in 2016 and i have used this as my travel mug every single day since 2016 and then i just think it's hilarious that now i'm actually a pirate (laughs) And this is my coffee mug
0: and and you know what I have to say because I know you so well that even without having to wear the patch I think you still would have been a pirate (laughs) 100%
2: I actually love my patch I'm not joking Jenny I feel so badass (laughs) you're badass (laughs) I just I just feel so I don't know I'm all of four foot 11, but I can pretend to be a tough girl. Okay.
0: (laughs) You are a tough girl. Let me tell you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I do love my patch. I do love it. I do love my prosthetic eye and I have to tell you one other little part of the story Okay, is you'd think in this day and age with all the computer generated things and with all of the 3d and all of that, right. That that's how prosthetic eyes would be made. No, that ocularis is hand painting your iris and matching your pupil and with paint. And so when I was watching him do it, I said to him, because I'm a little bit of a kibitzer, right? I'm like, so do you take requests? (laughs) He's like, what do you have in mind? I'm like, well, my nickname has always been B. I don't have a tattoo on my body, but could you put a little B on my eyeball? Sure enough, he sends me off for lunch. He works on my eye. Mm -hmm. I come back. There is a bumblebee on my eyeball. So I get in the truck. I'm thrilled. I get in the truck and I'm saying to Randy, I'm like, come here, honey, I want to show you something. And he's still a little bit queasy about all things, the eyeball, right? And he's like, right. no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. So I get into the family chat and the ocularist had taken a picture of the prosthetic with the bumblebee on it right. and sent it to me. So I put it in the family chat. My family's like, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Life is too short. Yep. Everybody needs a good party trick and a conversation yeah, yeah. starter. And I found out afterwards that some people are really, it's really hard for them to talk to you about your injury. right? Because it overwhelms yes. them and they can't deal with it. Yes. And they know that if it happened to them, they're not sure how they would have dealt with it. So when you have something cool like a bumblebee on your eye, I can tell you it breaks the ice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, good for you that you got that done because, you know, life is too short to take ourselves really seriously. You know, that's amazing. Okay, so one final question. Yes. Does your family share your love of coffee? If my husband could
2: buy shares in Tim Hortons, he would. Okay. (laughs) I think we have probably put five managers... Two lifelong vacations for the coffees that my husband buys. So I'm not joking. So he buys three coffees every day, every day, two for him, one for me lately. He's been, he lately has just been buying two, but my husband is the medium double double. And if he doesn't have his Tim Hortons coffee, like he loves it that much. And so every morning he goes and he buys me a coffee and I'll do the straight up black, but I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a coffee snob or, <laughs> but I do like, like the fresh brewed. And I like, sure. Will I drink a Tim Hortons coffee? Yes. I'll drink a 7 Eleven coffee, a McDonald's coffee, a Starbucks coffee. I'll, I'll drink any kind of coffee, but I really like going to those small little yeah. coffee shops, yeah. supporting them, getting that bean that's been roasted and ground. And I love that. And so at our other house, we used to have a coffee maker that was just built into the wall. And then we bought the Keurig. And then after I got more aware and I was like, you know what, these Keurigs are fantastic because you can have like this kind of coffee or this kind of tea or this kind of... But the environmental impact Mm -hmm. of those pods made me crazy. So I I think we gave it away, to be honest. I think we gave it away at a garage sale. And yeah, I just no more Keurigs for me. I'll just go and support the, the local coffee shop and get that fresh ground. But yes, my daughter's not a fan of coffee. Yet. She'll drink, the, I, yet. She'll <laughs> drink that iced coffee, which is more like a dessert. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just don't think she's ever really tried a coffee, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband absolutely loves coffee. That's his thing every morning. You'll never get him to give that up. Never, never, never.
0: Well, you know what? I I definitely understand that dedication to coffee because that's something I could never give up. I do have to confess, though, that Tim Hortons is not my favorite. However, having said that, if I'm out with someone and we're going to Tim Hortons, I will drink a Tim Hortons dark. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, and I think I, I don't call myself a coffee snob. I think more of myself as a. Coffee aficionado, let's say. Oh, I really, we really appre- there you go. Yeah. <laughs> where I really appreciate a good cup of coffee. And I'm like you, I, I love supporting. I mean, I, I'm a Starbucks girl through and through, but I love supporting the local shops because, uh, and we have so many in Winnipeg that I'm, I'm happy that we have so many to, that we can choose from and, and so many to support. Absolutely.
2: And I just think that it's a really great story when you know, of the local roasters and people that are bringing in mm-hmm. the coffee beans. And like, I just think it's, um, it's a great little enterprise. And it really is a, a beacon
0: in communities.
2: Yes. That local coffee shop where people can gather.
0: And it takes us back to the start of our interview, where we're talking about meeting coffee for friends. And sure. so, I think that is the best part of getting together with friends is sharing that cup of coffee and sharing that that conversation and sharing our experiences. And yeah, so um exciting. just grateful for that. So thank you so much Brenda for coming You're on. You're welcome. For everyone who's listening and feeling inspired by Brenda's story and about her love of coffee, I want you to think about what is a story that inspires you and what is your favorite coffee or your favorite mug. Who are your favorite friends that you can get together and enjoy coffee? So until next time, enjoy your coffee and enjoy meeting up with your friends.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga.